0: You're listening to another wrestling episode of tap outs and touchdowns featuring your guy bully rye and pj steven presented by anchor podcasts that's right everybody it's another wrestling episode of tap outs and touchdowns and it has been a minute it's your guy bully rye as always alongside our wrestling show co-host pj steven to do our wrestling shows with us pj Uh, You are all moved. Welcome back. I say welcome back to the show because it has been quite some time since we have done a wrestling show. So how are you settling in uh, out here? I don't know what you would call that area. It's not the West Coast because you're in the desert. How is the desert treating you?
1: Uh, It is fantastic.
0: Uh,
1: I I call it the West Coast. Um, I guess I'm not on the coast, but um, yeah, man, I love it out here. The weather is fantastic. Uh, I don't feel like I've taken a shower if I just walk to my mailbox and back. Um, New Mexico is where it's at. Don't move here, though, because we're already here and we don't want to see you. Um, but, man, it is great here. I love it. And I'm so excited to be back. I know I took a little bit of time off to get settled in New Mexico. Plus, we had to um, get things right with my job, my Internet. And then uh, we had to get out of schedule because it's 10 o'clock right now where you are. And it's only 8 p.m. Over here and the sun is still shining, baby.
0: Yeah, listen, I'm going to do a solo show, sort of a bonus episode uh, to talk about my experience. I just got back from California and I kind of feel like I'd say I just got back from Houston, Texas um, because of the experience I had uh, trying to get home. So I'm going to do a solo show about that uh, where, yeah, I was well aware of the, the time change when I was over there uh but you're right we have a we have a 2 hour time difference between us now so um you're you not going to talk- you,
1: you, you want to do a solo show about your travel and your airfare and all that yeah that's what they really what they want to hear
0: it's not airfare oh you I, you and I have not even talked about it we'll talk about it off the air um uh, because I had the worst experience traveling of of, of my life um, i was supposed to be home on a thursday I did not get home until two thirty in the morning on a Saturday. Uh, I spoke with people who had been stuck in a city for two days, for three days. People who um, couldn't get into a hotel, so they had to sleep at the airport for multiple days. People wearing the same clothes for days at a time, uh, just uh, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bombard people with the uh, with with my travel experience on this here wrestling show because. I'm sure the audience that's listening to the show is much more interested in hearing about AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door event here in 2023. And the opening bell for this show, we're going to go over maybe a couple of the most important storylines. And PJ, I'm not sure how much you've been following, so I didn't know if there was anything that you were following in particular going into this show.
1: I mean, I was pretty much following everything on the Japanese side. I mean, let's be real. That's, I mean, I'm totally biased. That's where my focus was. Was First of all, let's talk about my boy. We haven't really talked about it. I don't know if we did or not. I can't remember the last episode that we did, to be honest. But uh, my boy Sonata is your IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And man, does he not look good with that belt. Damn, does he not look good as the, the, the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, he's got a new theme that slaps. He's coming out in these, you know... You know uh, what? What did The Rock used to say? You know, fifty thousand dollar suits and all this. He looks like a champ, does he not?
0: Oh, he, I, I think I texted you during the event that he looked like a million bucks.
1: And oh. uh, man, I, I'm so. Sonata's your new champion, off the rip. I'm loving it. Uh, he's already defended um, the the IWGP Championship once, um, and now, of course. Uh, We're going into defending it. He issues an open challenge and it is jungle boy, Jack Perry. And we'll get into that a little bit later. So that's your, that's your IWGP Japanese storyline there. Um, Leading over to the AW side, MJF uh, being challenged by Hiroshi Tanahashi, declining the challenge. And Adam Cole kind of tricking him, which I don't, I didn't really get that, but I don't, whatever, uh, tricking MJF into accepting the challenge. And that actually opened the show and we'll get into that as well. Uh, you know, I can't dodge the, uh, you know, I can't dodge the, uh, the, the, the match of the night there. We'll get to that, obviously.
0: Oh yeah. We, we we had a main. we had a main Oh, you're talking about Kenny Omega versus Will Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting to the main event.
1: I'm getting to the main event. Yeah, you go right me. ahead. So it was uh, Kenny Omega defeating uh, uh, Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. Um, and that leads us to Will Ospreay challenging Kenny Omega and coming out actually at AEW Dynamite, I believe, and attacking him to accept the challenge to take on him here at Forbidden Door. Um, for the uh, IWGP United States champion. Man. I mean, you already knew what you were going to get
0: with that. Am I right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw that five-star match in the Tokyo Dome. That was just... Yeah. How are you going to top that? And we'll get I mean, there if they top that so here.
1: So yeah, the, 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 pay- the pay-per-view before um, Forbidden Door New Japan was Dominion. Um, it took place uh, June 4th fourth, I think. And actually, Will Osprey defeated Lance Archer uh, to become the number one contender for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, which we all kind of knew that was happening. Uh, Sonata defeated uh, Yoda... T- oh, God, I can never pronounce his name. Uh, Yoda um, Suji, uh, who was a young lion that came out in this match and really won me over. I think fantastic um, um, young lion there. Uh, now, the match before that was Okada Tomoaki Ishii and uh Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on John Moxley, Claudio and Shota Umino. After the match, which chaos went over, I should say. After the match, John Moxley grabbed the mic and said, "You know, we have a bone to pick with you because you got you think you're the you're the greatest pro wrestler on the planet, but we wrestle with the greatest pro wrestler on the planet." And boy, we get a vignette for it. Oh, that yeah. made me shout in a hotel room at four in the morning. Because I, if you remember, I had to go to Kentucky for a family reunion. So I woke up at three in the morning, two, three in the morning, whatever, and watched that in the hotel room. But when that came on, boy, I shouted. You get uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, come on the screen saying, they call you the Rainmaker. When you're wrestling me, it's going to be an effing desert. And... There's your challenge. And Okada accepts on the spot. Forbidden door. Yeah. <laughs> Kazuchika Okada versus Brian Danielson, two of the greatest wrestlers, probably the greatest wrestlers of the past decade, you could say. And I know that's, you know, that's that's drawn pretty big odds, but I'm very confident in saying that. I mean, am I wrong in, in suggesting that those are your two greatest wrestlers in the
0: past decade? I mean, one can argue, one can make an argument for... Kenny Omega, one can make an argument for Will Ospreay, one can make an sure. argument for AJ Styles. But sure. this is definitely, so when Daniel Bryan, when Bryan Danielson left WWE, part of it was due to the fact that he wanted to have some of these matchups that, you know, we didn't know how long his career was going to be. I mean, he had retired, he had unretired, he dealt with concussion issues, with neck issues, whatever the case is. So we didn't know how long his career was going to be. So when he left WWE, this is the type of event that he wanted to do. He wanted to do the big names, Okada. I'm sure Tanahashi will come up. I'm sure uh, uh, Takeshita, I mean, he's, he's already involved with the Blackpool Combat Club. Eventually, you know, that's going to turn sideways. You're going to get that matchup. Uh, you've got, uh, why can't I say his name? The guy uh, that, that teamed up with, and I've got it right in front of me. And I don't know why I can't find it. Naito. I'm sure you'd like oh, to t- see a matchup. T- 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 yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's there's some other matchups that Brian Danielson wanted to have when he left WWE that he's gonna get an opportunity. We might get to see another matchup between Brian Danielson and CM Punk somewhere down the line. That's not a match that I care to see. Correct. But it's a match that we weren't gonna get in WWE because you know, Phil Brooks will never go back to, to World Wrestling Entertainment. So I digress. We've got a we've got a stack card, and I, I hate to say that. Because it feels like every card that we talked about seems like a stacked card. But this indeed is a stacked card. We're going to take our first break. We come back. We're going to get into the main event where we're going to discuss this event. A couple of pre-show matches. All in all, 14 matches on this card. I made jokes about it in the past that AEW puts on a huge card. And this was no different. So we're going to get into this when we come back right here on Tapouts and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend Aaron Thompson at 843-452-8761 for a quote today and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. All right, we are back in the main event of this show, AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling, Forbidden Door 2023, PJ Steven, your guy, Bully Rye, and PJ, we, again, stacked card. Let's get right into it here. A couple matches on the pre-show here, one that stood out because it's another former WWE star in the Owen Hart Cup, uh, I guess, prelim matches, or like the first match of this Owen Hart Cup tournament athena formerly known in wwe as who pj ember moon that would be ember moon taking on billy starks and she would pick up the win here i did not realize that athena had turned into a heel but she was playing the heel pretty hard in this match did you recognize like do you remember when athena turned into a heel I don't
1: remember the exact moment, but I knew she was coming in as the heel. I got to say, too, Billy Starks, for an 18-year-old girl that just got out of high school, pretty green. But uh, she put she sold really well, and she had good ring psychology. I actually was really impressed with her.
0: Did, they, did I hear them say something about her being like a valedictorian or some sort of like honor student or something like that? Yeah, she like was that? a
1: valedictorian for her high school. Yeah.
0: And She's instead of going instead of going to college, she is choosing the route of professional wrestling. More power to her. I mean, eighteen years old Paige really got started, or, or Soraya really got started when she was super young like that. So hopefully we'll see a, a longer career and a more you maybe a, a a better career for Billy Starks so if she can avoid the injury bug like Paige was unable to or Soraya wasn't able to. I also couple,
1: wanted, I, I also want to mention too that Tom Lawler was supposed to take on Adam Cole. Uh, on this pay per view. However, Adam Cole, uh, I believe he got caught up with some travel issues. I don't think it was sickness, but I do give a pretty big hand to Tony Khan, who uh, instead of costing Tom Lawler a payday, he let him wrestle for four minutes in a dark match against uh, Serpentico. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Also, also after that match, prior to the Athena match, we had the Mogul Embassy, which was Swerve Strickland, Toa Leona, Brian Cage, and Bishop Khan, I guess Bishop Khan, uh, taking on. Uh, Uh, Chaos, which is Ricky Romero, Chuck Taylor, the best friends, Trent Beretta, and El Desperado. And you know I'm a fan of El Desperado.
1: Yeah, I I don't know why El Desperado was randomly thrown into that match because he's not in Chaos, but it was still super fun, and I loved it. But you're right. I'm a big Desperado guy. I'll
0: I'll tell you another guy I'm a fan of. That's El Fantasmo. gets gets put on the pre-show here as well, taking on and defeating Stu Grayson. God, that was Uh, a really good match. It was a good match. It went 7 minutes, 15 seconds. Is Stu Grayson, formerly of uh, the the Dark Order, turned his back on the Dark Order recently? Um, Now playing heel. I forgot what what faction he's with now, but weird to see him out of the Dark Order after all this time. But I literally, I minutes.
1: literally wrote, I literally wrote two things about this match. I said they should have gotten more time, but I understand a pre-show. Also, I wrote. Uh, the best thing that El Fantasmo's done in the past couple uh, years is get kicked out of the Bullet Club because now we can really see him take off. In my opinion, I think he, I, he may not be a future IWGP heavyweight champion, but I'd love to see him with the United States belt. And then eventually maybe even the uh, junior heavyweight belt at least. But I think El Fantasma is a star. And well, we can't, I mean, we cannot talk about it. We've talked about the rest of the shows on the, the pre-show matches. We got to at least touch on this one. Um, God, LIJ who was Shiko Takagibushi and Hiromu Takahashi taking on Jeff Cobb, Kyle Fletcher, TJP. It was weird seeing Kyle Fletcher without Mark Davis, but obviously Mark Davis is injured. Um, But man, what a great match. And that's just another six-man tag that you would see on a regular New Japan pay-per-view. But they do not miss with those matches. And I I love this match. I really did.
0: Yeah, and TJP is becoming unrecognizable to me. I'll be honest. Like, I almost... I knew who he was. I could see his face, but it was almost unrecognizable. You know I love me some Jeff Cobb, but you also know that I love some Takahashi, and I know you love some Shingo Takagi. Shingo
1: Takagi, I think, is New Japan's unsung hero. He carried that division through COVID, and for some reason, they took the belt out of him, and they they pooped on him at Wrestle Kingdom that year. Let me ask you a question. I'm I'm a huge Shingo fan.
0: If... You you made that you made that argument that he was he was basically got them through COVID. So would he be sort of like the Drew McIntyre that WWE of WWE as far as he got them through COVID with the title carried the ty- carried the company through the pandemic? Would would that be a fair comparison? to, to Absol-
1: absolutely, absolutely. And the only difference that I would say is no one ex- drew was uh, no one expected Shingo Shingo. They gave the belt to Shingo because it was like, well, shoot, all of our top stars right now are, are are sick or they're whatever or this or that, uh, they're not able to do it. Shingo Nakagi was like, well, we've never given anything to this guy, give him something, so they gave him the the belt. Drew McIntyre what well, no one expected Shingo. I guess my point is no one expected Shingo Nakagi to 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 beat and become the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. No one expected that. Um. Pretty much, a lot of people expected Drew to go over. I guess that's the only difference.
0: No, that makes sense. But, um, but yeah, I, again,
1: I, I agree with your, um, I agree with your um, um, comparison uh, analogy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Listen, again, a really great match that sort of main evented the pre-show. Uh, to jump right into, I mean, they were not they were not holding back. The starting match, the initial match, the opening match of this card. It's for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship as MJF defends and defeats against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Listen, they gave this match 15 minutes. I mean, that's a long time. It was, I want to say, the third, fourth longest match on the card. And it opened up the show. I thought it was phenomenal. PJ, how did you feel about this match?
1: I did. I thought it was great. You had your, you basically had the ultimate baby face for one promotion versus the ultimate heel of the other promotion. I know I don't understand why people were upset about it. I thought it was great. I had great ring psychology, uh, MJF with the ultimate heel move with the New Japan is indie. I mean that's hilarious. We have we have idiots in our group chat that really truly think that. So it was it really did add to that. Excuse me, it really did add to that heel factor. I loved the match. I thought it was great. And people who are, you know getting on Hiroshi Tanahashi about like, you know, well, it took him a long time to climb that turnbuckle. And it's like, dude, the dude is still in crazy shape. He's 46 years old. You've got people out there almost like the same, Trust me, the same people that are like complaining about that are like, man, I wish we could see Sting and Undertaker right now. (laughs) And it's like, you freaking moron. Like, so that right that drives me crazy. I don't want to get on a big tangent about it, but like all I saw was just like negativity about like it took him a you know little extra second to climb that turnbuckle and you know he shouldn't be doing this or whatever. And then the next week Sting is jumping off the turnbuckle and missing a table, going like, Man, Sting is so hardcore, and I'm a Sting fan. I'm you know, that's my number one guy, but it's still like man, you're you're hating on this, but you're loving Sting missing a table, bouncing his head off the table, barely missing Sammy Guevara. Come on!
0: Yeah, it's funny because you mentioned about him being 46 and climbing on the tag, climbing up on the top rope. Um, just this week on Monday Night Raw, uh, there was a there was a gauntlet match for the for I guess the number one contender shot spot of for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, and uh, Katana Chase. Or Casey Cananzaro, uh, for those who maybe not know that name, and Caden Carter, um, were were involved in this match, and Katana Chance almost, almost broke her neck. I'm sure. I'm sure you haven't seen this yet, PJ. I have not seen that. No, but a, it was a simple. They were trying to double team, like uh, a double team. Oh, I
1: did. I didn't see the match. I saw the clip. Yeah, it was in the, was in the group chat. I saw the clip.
0: I mean, she almost broke her neck.
1: And she's well, well, maybe if the guy was 46, or maybe if she was 46, you know, it would have been okay.
0: I mean, she is she was born in nineteen ninety, that it makes her three it makes her thirty-three. So uh I digress, and that wasn't top rope, but but nevertheless, um what a great match. MJF- your point
1: your point is that things can happen, and we're gonna get into that with the um with the Osprey and Kenny Omega match. Your your point is that things can happen no matter what age you are, correct?
0: That that would be accurate. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're gonna get into some stuff later.
0: Well, next up on the card here, we have an Owen Hart Cup uh, first round matchup: CM Punk taking on Satoshi Kojima. Uh, I should mention that we, I don't, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this. This, this event took place uh, June twenty fifth, two thousand twenty three, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, at the Scotiabank Arena. I bring that up, and I bring up the significance of being in Canada because. We are not in Chicago for this event. And CM Punk heard it. It's the first time that I remember hearing CM Punk booed uh, by a crowd pretty, pretty, you know, pretty loudly. And he started having to work heel yeah. because he was, he wasn't getting over as the babyface in this match. And sure enough, uh, CM Punk goes over. He shakes the hand of Satoshi Kojima. Uh, he bows at Kish- Satoshi Kojima at the end of this match. Um, listen, it's CM Punk, man. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to 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 tell you that he put on a five star. It was decent.
1: Yeah, I I didn't think it was a great match. Um, I gave it three stars. What I will say is I don't like Punk. You know, I've I've made be very vocal about this. I think that he's just a little. Um, see, I what's another derogatory word? For Pretentious. It? Sure. Yeah. I wanted. To, you know what I wanted to call him, but I'm trying not to. You know, um, trying to be nice. <laughs> But he, I, just, I just think he's just a He's a, a blanker, whiner. blanker, is he's, what he just, is. he's just a freaking whiner now, man. Like, he was always pretty good in the ring. But I guess the last couple of years, he's just been whining, man. And I can't stand it. But I will say that I'm very happy for him because he looks at Kojima like a big hero of his. I mean, Kojima, former two-time IWGP heavyweight champion. He was uh, IWGP tag team champion seven times with Tenzan and um, oh, Nakanishi. Um, I mean, G1 Climax... Uh, the list goes on and on, man. NWA World Heavyweight Champion, anyway. Uh, so a hero of Punk's, and he got to wrestle him that night. So I was happy for Punk. That being said, I still don't like him.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, match was a decent match. It wasn't yeah. as good as the MJF match, but I digress. Uh, this next matchup, I I had very low expectations, despite all the people involved. There are some very talented wrestlers in this match, and I this this was one of the more entertaining matches for me on this card. And I'll I'll tell you why. It's for the AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy defending and defeating the likes of Zack Sabre Jr., Katsuyori Shibata, and Daniel Garcia. PJ Daniel Daniel Garcia, (laughs) I couldn't stand him. And his stupid little, like, hip thrust dance move, is starting to win me over because I think he's hilarious.
1: I thought it was, I thought it was great. And people, again, people were upset about it. I'm like, it's the same thing with Fandago getting shot by Jericho. And then he starts dancing. It's the same thing, but everyone... It's just so weird. I love this match. That being said, I wanted more time, and I wanted more. And, ba- I mean, I, I actually forgot that Shibata was in the match. I, uh, I i just forgot to look at the card, and when his music hit, I was so happy. Um, seeing Katsuhri Shibata in a, in a ring again, it's just magical. Um, you know, that being said... Uh, I I really did enjoy the match. I gave it I gave it three and a half stars. Like I said, I wanted more though. I wanted a little bit more, but still super fun.
0: Yeah, I think they could have taken a couple minutes out of the punk match to add to this. And you mentioned Shibata. For those who don't remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, DJ. Shibata was the wrestler who headbutted himself uh to the point of a of a cracked skull. And yes. they told him that he was never going to wrestle again. Yes. And I believe this is this is not his it's obviously not his first appearance. Um, but it's his first, I believe it's his first appearance on AEW television, or at least an AEW affiliated show. So, um, yeah, fun to see him on the TV. And listen, uh, t- Daniel Garcia might be working himself into a, like a stupid like Alex Wright gimmick, but he's a, he's a he's a talented wrestler to boot. So um, he's goofy, but I mean, so was so was Santino Marella, and people loved him. So I digress. Good match here, like yeah. you said, it, it was a little too short, but. Um, Orange Cassidy will retain. Uh, the only thing I don't like about Orange Cassidy in this title reign is the fact that he comes to the ring with his title in a book bag. I get the gimmick, but it's you're doing a disservice from a marketing standpoint to only allow your title belt to be seen taking you out of a book bag and then putting you back in the book bag on the way back to you, back to the the locker room. Would you agree?
1: I don't agree, only because uh, not. Not to that level of a book bag, but you know Stone Cold used to come out and just sling the belt in the ring.
0: So, yeah, but he would still, he would still like. He I know would you get still
1: on... saw it. I know you still saw the belt. I know where you're coming from, you know. Uh, but it's still, you know, the the, if the point is that he doesn't care enough, and he just has no so so nonchalant about it that he puts it in his book bag. It reminds me of the attitude of Stone Cold, like I just carrying this this damn thing. I'm just gonna throw it in the
0: ring. But I'm with you. Well, we haven't we haven't been um, we haven't been back together for three what, weeks, three four weeks. Yeah, and you are still in, infuriatingly uh, wrong about so many things, including this one. I'm kidding. I'm not really that angry about it. But, but I'm about to yeah. say I'm
1: about to say there's a lot more that we could be angry about rather than the fact that Orange Cassidy puts a belt in a book bag. Although I did write down LOL because I forgot that his pyro was just like one little Roman candle. That's so fun to me. I love that.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. I just, I got, I got nothing more.
1: Did you not notice that?
0: No, not not that I think, not that I can think of.
1: Good, then it's doing its job because we're really not supposed to notice it because he doesn't care.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess again, I get the gimmick, but I'm, I honestly, I'm ready to see somebody take the title off of him because he's coming. To me, he – you're not going to like this argument. Um, I don't want to go the Darby Allen route with it, but, like, it wouldn't make sense for Orange Cassidy to say beat someone like Brian Cage one-on-one or, uh, to that point, why can't I say – Wardlow one-on-ones. I I think as much as I like Orange Cassidy, he's a talented guy, he's entertaining, um, I'm ready to see him put the belt on somebody else for a little while that's just me uh
1: I'm, I'm trying to think did, did he did he beat did he beat Brian Cage or did he, no, he did he, he, beat,
0: he beat Pac. yeah that makes sense yeah that made of course it makes sense but I think i'm I'm ready to see somebody with like I with as many small <laughs> that's gonna sound I'm gonna sound like Dave, like 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 some wwe mark about you know or some Vincent McMahon. mark you, all, you
1: almost said you almost said somebody's name
0: yeah, no. You I, almost I, said
1: so, and I know whose name you almost said and yeah, I'm agree with you.
0: I listen like there's a there's a funny video clip with New Day talking about like what kind of guys Vince McMahon likes. <laughs> it's Biggie saying big beefy man slapping bubba meat. Big beefy yeah. man bubba meat. And um I I sort of sound like that guy because I want somebody else to hold the title. I don't care if it's not Orange Cassidy. I just I you know and i'm not, i'm i've always been adamant that i don't like the belt hopping and the in the popcorn uh um, title reign cha- you know changing up but i you know orange cassidy's one of the guys that doesn't necessarily need the title i mean maybe he I, I do agree
1: i do agree with that he does not need a title that gimmick doesn't need a title i agree with that yeah. i think it i think it could be daniel garcia that takes it or well, i mean like let's look at the list here so he's defeated luchasaurus ray phoenix katsuhiro shibata uh lee johnson jake hager um QT Marshall, Trent Seven, Trent Beretta, Kip Sabian, Jay Lethal, Wheeler Yuta, Big Bill, Jeff Jarrett. That's laughable. Jeff Jarrett in a a ring again is disgusting. Uh, The Butcher, um, Buddy Matthews, Bandito, Daniel Garcia, Kyle Fletcher, and Swerve Strickland. And of course, he defeated these guys in the Fatal 4-Way. That's all believable to me because of the gimmick, and it's fun. But that being said, the gimmick can only last so long, and I do think someone eventually is going to take it uh, from his throne. I hope it's Andy Garcia. I think he deserves a title. Um, you know, okay. I could I could see someone like... and it, You know what? It's going to be Cassidy finally... and Because you, you can have anyone beat him, Frick, and the excuse can be he finally let the gimmick you know... He was betrayed by his own gimmick. He just he just pushed it too far. He flew too close to the sun with him not caring, and now he lost the title. But the but the thing is, for he could come out the next day, you know, Cassidy, you lost your title. How do you feel? Eh. Yeah. You know, so it yeah. works, and that's why the gimmick is so great because it works no matter what. If he wins, yeah, whatever. If he loses, yeah, whatever. So I think it's fun. Well-
0: you like the idea of Daniel Garcia? I'm gonna I'm gonna raise you another name, and he was involved in this next matchup here. The IWGP World Heavyweight Championship is on the line as your guy Sonata takes on Jungle Boy Jack Perry, um, who has been put into a thrust into a storyline with, uh, and why can't I say his name? Taz's son, oh hook, uh, hook, um, and uh, Sonata goes over here, and after the match, Jungle Boy turns on Hook and essentially turns heel which again like and I I think you and I talked about it and you you weren't upset about the about the the heel turn I just I don't like the fact that he's a heel when Christian Cage is still out here with Luchasaurus as heels um I don't like the idea that they're on the same side of the fence from a babyface to heel standpoint I know there's a whole different storyline with with Luchasaurus now as the TNT champion uh, with Kristen Cage walking around like grabbing the title like he owns it. Um, but now that they've turned Jungle Boy Jack Perry into a heel, I think that would be a good spot for him because you knew that he wasn't going to take the, the IWGP world title from Sonata in this match. Like that was a foregone conclusion. But now it gives you know a couple of AEW originals that are now, you know, on the opposite side of the spectrum. Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And if you want to talk about Jungle Boy taking that next step in his in his wrestling career, Maybe he needs a singles title. Maybe the international title is is that one. Uh PJ, how'd you feel about this match? And how do you feel about what I had to say say about uh the progression of Jungle Boy going forward?
1: Yeah, I agree with you actually. That wouldn't be a bad move at all. Um, I I like this match a lot. You know, my boy Sonata represented. Um it, I will admit that I won wa- you know people were really kind of confused on this match that like, why Jungle Boy why Jungle Boy and I was like you know it's the same thing last year Forbidden Door why Orange Cassie and Will Ospreay and they put on probably one of the matches of the night this was not a match of the night I would admit I was a little disappointed in it uh, I just I think this match looked great on paper but um, excuse me uh, looked great on paper but during the match it just didn't really deliver for me it was fun good match. It just didn't didn't quite deliver. I just wanted a little bit more. I wanted a little bit more time, and they only got ten minutes and forty five seconds. But uh, the match match was good. Uh, three Three and a half stars is what I gave it. Um, And Sonata's your champion still. And yeah, I can't I can't get over how great Sonata is. I I have been a Sonata fan forever since I saw you know. But back when him and Evil were still teaming up, or or he was in. the faction and TNA uh, for a long time. I just, I've always been a Sonata fan. So really, really good stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm just such a fan, but I did, I did enjoy the match. It was still fun.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure if there's, especially if you're going to turn jungle boy heel, I'm not sure there's a better spot to do it than this. I'm not sure there's another wrestler in the locker room that should have gotten this shot against Sonata over jungle boy, you know, because again, Sonata's not the biggest guy. And so, if you put him in, you put him in a match against a guy like, say, a Keith Lee or a Wardlow, or even a Brian Danielson, you have that mystique of, of possibly taking the title off of him. And you knew New Japan wasn't going to let an AEW wrestler win the IWGP World Title. So, right. um, so yeah, it was again good, not great. It was, it was, it was entertaining to say the least. Uh, but like you said, only went only went just about eleven minutes, uh, and so they could have gotten some more time and done some done some more. I'll tell you a match that didn't need any more time, and that's this next match. A 10 man tag that went 21 minutes and 25 seconds. The Elite, featuring Adam Page, Matt, and Nick Jackson, Eddie alongside Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii, taking on the Blackpool Combat Club, a team featuring John Matt Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio Castagnoli, alongside Kano, I can't pronounce this first name, Konoska. Takeshita and Shota Umino. I, I butched Takeshita. I can say his <laughs> last name. Um, but only because and, and apologies for the language because MJF called him Tegashita. Um and I, I I I absolutely love that uh that, that MJF called it out. This match was it was pretty damn good. PJ, how'd you feel about it?
1: It was a little all over the place for me, but it was still really well done. I loved the um you know what <sighs> Again, you know, why did Eddie Kingston accept this match if he if he loves John? A, yeah, yeah. It's so because dumb. Could, no, it's not because he 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 sacrificed that because he wanted to get the Claudio.
0: Yeah, but now I mean this whole this whole angle now is focused on Kingston and Claudio, and there and I have a couple issues with it. One, now they're getting they're getting Renee Paquette involved. Uh, she's backstage. They were breaking them up. During uh, aew Dynamite last week, the only reason I saw that was because I had like a thirty minute break in between uh, work meetings and dinner um out of my conference last week but they're they're trying to get this really involved that he needs that that they need to fix it they need to fix the relationship with Kingston and Claudio and between you and me, I could care less. I still don't like Eddie Kingston I know he's so over with the fans but <laughs> I don't know how to say this without coming off like a, like a jerk. I'm fat, okay? The, the promo that Scott Steiner cut about Samoa Joe and TNA could be cut on Eddie Kingston in, in AEW. Um, I don't think he's a great wrestler. I think he's too erratic when he's cutting promos or when he's trying to have a, meet, a moment in the ring. I think he, he, he's, a, he's a fine talker. But... If you if you have a one on one match with Cesaro, Claudio Castanoli, and Eddie Kingston, I don't think there's anything they could do to suspend disbelief that would allow me to believe that in any way, shape, or form, Eddie Kingston can go over on, on Claudio.
1: I I do care about the rivalry because I saw it I, I saw it form physically in Ring of Honor. Now, that being said, it is very it's, to me, it's it does it does hurt AEW to do storylines like that because it does rely on people to know that past, and people can use their Google machine and look it up and, you know, not be lazy, but I get it because it's like, you know, you have, you know Marvel puts out a new film. And it's like, well, I don't know anyone from this. Well, you got to read the comics, idiot. You know, not everyone is yeah. going to read the comics. Not everyone's going to go back and watch Ring of Honor. Not everybody watched Ring of Honor when it was coming up. So I get it. That's why I care about the rivalry, though. And Eddie Kingston is not uh, a fantastic wrestler. He's not uh, in shape. He's not there. Neither was McFoley. Foley. And um, I think... Mick Foley
0: was at one point, though.
1: Doesn't matter. Not in his prime. What? Not in, when, when when mankind debuted in '96, he was he was about the weight of Eddie Kingston.
0: No, that's no, uh-uh. not even close.
1: How? Why?
0: Mick Foley was a lot. He was a lot thinner and more in shape than Eddie Kingston is.
1: Eddie Kingston weighs about two forty five. Maybe Mick Foley at that time was being built at two sixty.
0: Well, first of all, if, if Eddie Kingston's being built at two forty five, he's got to stand at like five foot seven. Because there's no way that dude is 245 when he looked, and at six foot anything in, looking like that.
1: No, he he's he's 240 wings, or he's 240, uh, and he's six feet.
0: Yeah, there's no way he weighs 240. I'm just, I'm telling, I'm calling it right now. It's, it's, I, I, know, they, they used, to build, calling, a, they used to build a, they used to build a giant at seven foot four, and i I'm only I'm, I'm, going, I'm just going by
1: Google. I don't care. I'm just telling you that they, that Mick Foley was built at 287 I mean, in '96. I'm looking
0: at it right now. He can be billed at whatever he wants. If you look at mankind when he came out in the original brown shirt with the with the two fingers taped together and that weird glove, you go and take a picture of mankind in that outfit. And Eddie Kingston from this event, there's no comparison. Doesn't Mick matter. Foley, Doesn't Mick, matter
1: if that's what they're being. If that's what they're being billed as. I don't
0: care what they're being billed as. I'm caring what I, I'm caring what I see with my
1: eyes. Well, but but you have to suspend that because if they're being billed I, as as two eighty seven, it's like, well, that
0: how can you, how can you, how can you suspend that disbelief when, when you're looking at somebody who was who is overweight, uh he he, he can't move with, with any mankind sort
1: of... man, Mankind wasn't overweight?
0: I'm not saying compared to Eddie Kingston, mankind was Orange Cassidy when he debuted. Are you are
1: you, you're not kidding? I'm, you're not, I'm you're not 100%, serious.
0: I'm hundred percent serious.
1: No, he was not that skinny at all. What are you? Are you compared
0: confused? to Eddie, King, compared to Eddie Kingston. See, you're thinking about mankind in the in the in the button down with the tie, uh, the core. Yeah, one year. Yeah, yeah one, No, one I'm year later. About, I'm not talking about that man. That wasn't a year later. Oh yeah, that was in late '97. I've been
1: watching Raws of '97 this entire time.
0: I'm I'm telling you right now, mankind did not get to the to the to the weight level. That Eddie Kingston is at right now, until until much much at much longer much later than uh, than, than when he debuted. I mean, he still looks. All right,
1: so let's let's, let's like let's, an let's, athlete. Let's, let's do that then. Okay, we'll do uh, mankind of ninety eight. Okay, mankind of ninety eight. Is that I mean,
0: that's, that's more of a comparison. But okay. he was already established at that point. To me, Eddie Kingston has never not, been established. I'm not
1: yet. talking about established. What I'm talking about is your, your point is he's not a good wrestler because he's overweight. And if Mankind in '98 was, first of all, he won the I'm he won definitely. the world he won the world title in '98.
0: Uh, you're, you're simplifying it though, PJ. I didn't say he was a bad wrestler because he was overweight. I'm saying he's a bad wrestler, and the fact that he's overweight compounds it.
1: But why he's is not- Bang, why is Mick Foley a great wrestler?
0: Because Mick Foley could do more in the ring than Eddie Kingston can. Mick Foley could sell better. Mick Foley could could hit moves better. Mick Foley put his body on the line, and and he was able every, to make it work. Every, every
1: wrestler, every wrestler puts their body on the line.
0: Yeah, but but McIntyre made it look good. McIntyre makes it look better than Eddie Kingston does.
1: I, I'm sure. Yeah, he's he got a better hurt. promo he, than Eddie Kingston does. He, he gets he gets hurt. I'm not debating that. I'm not debating promo. I'm debating the fact that it's if your argument is because the first thing you said was, "Look, I'm fat." And that leads me to believe, okay, Eddie Kingston's fat. He can't wrestle.
0: I know. So, so to be clear, I said my, I called myself fat to preface that because I didn't want to, first of all, act like I was fat shaming Eddie Correct. Kingston. Correct. Um, and, I, and I also didn't want it to make it seem like like I judge people based on their weight. Vader was overweight, and he was one of the most agile big men of, of, of all time. Correct. Uh, I'm not Jonah, Bronson not- Reed is a big wrestler. But Jonah moves better than Eddie Kingston.
1: Yeah, I'm not debating there's a lot of guys that move better than Eddie Kingston. There's a lot of guys that move better than Mankind. A lot of guys that move better which, than both
0: the guys. Which you is, but, it, so, it goes he, to my point, though, PJ. I don't understand how Eddie Kingston is so over. I just don't get it. He's, he's a he's a dude from New, New York wearing Timberlands. Okay. You,
1: just, you like, just described half the roster of ECW, and that was more over than half the roster of WCW and WWF at the time of 96.
0: Half of the half of the ECW roster was from New York, and they wore Timberlands to the ring.
1: Maybe not Timberlands, but a lot of them were from New York. You just you pretty much described Tommy Dreamer. And he was their he was their main babyface in ECW. You basically he's described a, Sandman. He's a better
0: wrestler. He's a. I wouldn't say Sandman's a better wrestler.
1: Yeah, there you go. Sandman got
0: over because he drank beer, smoked cigarettes, and, and busted himself up. No, he match.
1: got over because he had Metallica as a fucking theme song. That's cool. As, as a, as a freaking <laughs> theme song.
0: <laughs> but um, I'm not, you, know, you know what? I'm not even editing it out. True. Well, my, I'm not point, editing my point. My point is
1: that my point is I don't think Eddie Kingston's a great wrestler either. But there's a lot of wrestlers who aren't great wrestlers that got over like Rover and made it work for them. And mankind is a big example of that somebody who is not the is not the typical typical wrestling uh, figure, not the typical wrestling guy. He made it work to his um, to his matches, just he, he like Eddie, Eddie Kingston.
0: Had a, he had a character though. Eddie's trying to Eddie play Kingston.
1: Himself. No, it, that doesn't matter. Cat, okay, so dude, dude, love that was that was Mick Foley himself.
0: That was that was hilarious. That was that was Mick that was Mick and, Foley's and it was, gimmick and when it, he was a kid,
1: and it was, was fantastic.
0: It was but hilarious.
1: It, it, uh, I agree, and it's it's more Mick Foley than anything else was, and Mick Foley even credits that in his book that when he was Dude Love, that was more of who he was. So when you just said that Eddie Kingston is playing himself, it's working for him just like Dude loved it.
0: I'm just I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna lay it out here, and then we're gonna move on here. It's an insult to Mick Foley to compare him to Eddie Kingston in every every way, shape, or form.
1: I don't think it's a I don't think it's I an think insult it's a at all total I, insult. coming coming from someone who's a fan of Eddie Kingston as Mick Foley has said before I think it's just fun
0: ah uh, wow well, we'll agree to disagree this has been another fun debate that I wasn't anticipating but um, yeah, I, I, okay. don't, I
1: again, I don't think Eddie Kingston's a fantastic wrestler either, but he's over and it's working for him, and I think I think he does pretty well. I think his matches with Jericho in the beginning were really well done. The house show that I saw him uh, with New Japan, where he God, I can't remember who he worked. I was trying to remember who he worked, um, but I thought that was really well done. Um, is he? Is he? Do I think he needs a, a world title? Absolutely not. But um, I still think he's really. I think he's. I think he's great. I don't
0: he's gonna end up winning the world the Ring of Honor world title from Claudio and it's gonna it's gonna absolutely drive me nuts. It's, and I'm gonna, I, I'm,
1: gonna I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna love it. Then I'm gonna then I'm gonna be like, man, Eddie Kingston really, he worked for that honor title. He worked for that, you know, he he is he he's the epitome of, of honor, that Eddie Kingston guy.
0: I'm gonna call him sick that week. Let's move on here because we've got like four more matches to talk about on this card. Next I'm gonna up, keep
1: this around 30 minutes. I'm gonna talk about Eddie Kingston <laughs> the whole time. I'm Frick. <laughs> uh,
0: listen, next match on the card: the AEW Women's World Title. This was a match that I was not a fan of. Tony Storm taking on Willow Nightingale. For those who're not sure what 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 belt Willow Nightingale was bringing to the uh, to the ring, she was the New Japan Pro Wrestling. What is it? The the
1: no, it's New oh, Japan yeah. Strong. New, New Japan
0: Strong. New Japan Strong champion. She was not supposed to win that title. Uh, yeah, Mercedes was- Monet was injured, I believe broke her ankle in that match. And so they had to call an Audible. And so Willow Nightingale coming down to the ring is the the is it the NWG JP or NW, yeah, NWJP or is the IWGP strong champion.
1: No, it's just the New Japan strong
0: yeah the New Japan strong women's champion taking on the AEW women's world champion Tony Storm. Tony Storm goes over this match goes 10 minutes. So longer than I remember it going. Uh PJ, any, anything to talk about, or you want to move on to this next match? Because this ne- next match is uh, this next match is a classic.
1: I liked Will. I, I like Willow Nightingale a lot. Actually, I don't under, I don't know how people aren't behind her. Not only is she a really good wrestler, but she's so positive. She's like a. She. I mean, to me, she reminds me of when Bailey first debuted. Man, she's yes. so fun. Yeah. Um, that being said, the only thing that threw me off of the match was the terrible, terrible acting from Ruby Soho and Soraya on the outside. Like, yeah. oh my God, it was awful. Um, I hated it. I hated it. That threw me off the match. I gave it two and a half stars. I would have given it three if they would have just shut the hell up.
0: I agree with everything you just said, including the Willow Knight and Bailey comparison. I love that comparison. Uh, next up, it could go down as the match of the night here. 39 minutes, 45 seconds. The IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Kenny Omega, the champion, defending against Will Ospreay. I can't say enough good things about this match. You need to go out and watch this match. Find a way to get it. I don't know if it's on YouTube. Go go sign up for New Japan World. Uh, find, find it wherever you can and go and watch this match uh, because this will go down as one of the top ten matches of 2023. Uh, PJ, I'm sure you would agree with that.
1: Oh, <laughs> absolutely and i'm loving the 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 tears of the e fans as they they find something wrong with this match and the main thing that i've seen people complain about this match is the pile driver that will osprey gave kenny omega to where people were saying there's that's none you know that it was an unnecessary dangerous spot and it shouldn't have been done and shame on them and all this While also congratulating, you know, the dangerous spots and the money in the bank match, so that just shows the hypocriticalness of wrestling fans. And I keep forgetting, it's it, it, I mean, do you agree with me, or am I the only one who's kind of okay? Because I I feel myself getting so angry about this that it's just like, why, like, and then the same people are like, uh, it's the anniversary of mankind throwing himself off the hell in a cell, and good for him, and it's just it was amazing. While also.
0: Pooping taking
1: a giant dump on this match on, on, on this, and it's like, what are you talking, like, I always forget you know, when I talk to wrestling fans, uh, excuse me, until I talk to other wrestling fans, I always forget that wrestling fans hate wrestling yep. so, uh, but to move on to the positive of, the, of this match man, the blood uh, it was almost a little bit I guess I'm numb to it now, but I was still like, man, this is a lot, and Will Ospreay was pouring Maybe it was oh, Ken. Yeah. yeah, it was Will Ospreay. Ospreay was pouring out. Not quite – nothing I think will ever top uh, JBL and Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, yeah. Uh, yeah. But this was uh, – this was on par, man. It was rough. Uh, but I loved it. I loved the one-winged angel and the, and the one kick out. Um, I gave the match five stars. I probably would have given it five and a half to six if <laughs> – Don Callis gets ejected oh. for the match, and, and then, then just comes, comes back. back. Um, yeah, I. But you know, you
0: know, you know, Witt, you, know it, you know what it, you're trying to do, PJ. You're trying to add logic to an illogical, illogical situation.
1: situation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, am, am. You, just your I am. You know, it's it's all it's crazy. You know, adding adding logic to a logical situation. Absolutely correct. Uh, but yeah.
0: I to just, be clear, your your the one weekend angel kick out at one. Will Ospreay actually hit Kenny Omega with his own finisher, and yeah, King Omega he kicked out. out one.
1: And I thought oh, it was great. And even the the screwdriver spot, oh, that yeah. got that got everybody. Everyone was like, "Oh, that it's over." I thought it was over, and then he kicked out. Um, yeah. We finally, get a, uh, we finally get another Hidden Blade and then a Stormbreaker, and then that's it. And your new champion is Will Ospreay. I think this, uh, we're going to get one more match after this, I believe, and I think it's going to be Will Ospreay who retains one more time and defeats Kenny Omega. That's just me fantasy booking. But, uh, God, what a match, man. Three, 39 minutes and 45 seconds, obviously the longest match on the card. I mean, that was Russell Kingdom worthy. Fantastic match. Yeah. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it.
0: This was a New Japan match on AEW television. Like they beat the crap out of each other and it was entertaining to watch. And if you didn't like it, like that's that's on you, man. Like 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 you just said, wrestling fans don't like wrestling. And even non-wrestling fans uh, should be able to find some entertainment out of this because this was this was great again. Outside of the fact that my mom was actually watching the show with me, she's like, "He that's got right. ejected. Yep. He got ejected. He should automatically be disqualified. That's not right." I like, "Mom, like I'm with you. Like he got ejected. He shouldn't be out here." But it's 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 pro wrestling. She's like, "I don't care. This isn't fair." I'm like, "Okay, mom. Like it's the whole. It's still real well, to me." She's she, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. That's that's the problem. She's not wrong, but. You know, what are we going to do? You know, what are, what are we going to do about it? We can't really do anything about it. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about this match very briefly, Uh, despite the names in it, man. We get Sting, Darby Allen teaming with Tetsuya Naito, taking on Les Suzuki Gods, a.k.a. the Jericho Appreciation Society, featuring Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. My favorite part of this match, it went 15 minutes, 10 seconds. My favorite part of this match was the stare-down between Sting and Minoru Suzuki. Just really fun. Uh, Sting, Darby Allin, and Naito get the win here. I'm not sure if it's going to lead to anything. I know there's supposed to be dissension between Jericho and Guevara. We'll see what that leads to. Uh, But a pretty good match to sort of act as a buffer between the the United States title match and the main event. PJ, anything anything remotely, uh, I don't know, pertinent but you want to you want to add before we move on to the main event.
1: Just seeing tetsuya you know, people were like people were so excited for Sting and Jericho in the same uh, ring. I was like, I don't care. I'm same. excited. I'm excited for the fact that tetsuya Naito and Sting are about to be in the same ring. So I was happy about that. Um, I did love the psychology there with Suzuki and Sting and Jericho's like tag me and he and Suzuki, and Suzuki's like no and tag me. No. I thought it was really fun. Great match. Um Great pose with uh the Suzuki gods. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Great match.
0: Yeah. Oh man, when 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 Suzuki got in on the pose it was awesome. Yeah. Um. And but again, like you, like I didn't really care about Sting and Jericho. I cared more about Sting and Suzuki. But
1: yeah, cool. I I was pretty taken back. Like, wow. They, I guess they never really shared a match together. I'm sure they shared a match together on a house show. Maybe yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to take the time to go research it. I don't really care that much, but... Um, Let him go one-on-one in the next pay-per-view. Who cares? Yeah, I don't care. I yeah. don't care. I, I, I'm also of, of that opinion now that I think it's time for Sting to not do any more matches ever.
0: I Listen, I've been like that for a while. So, and beca- um, Oh,
1: I, w- I wasn't like that at first because it wasn't these high spots at first. It was just little tag-ins and go and then get out. You know, they were very, being very smart with it. Now it's just like, it's just... And I don't think it's not that I don't think Sting can do it. It just looks really sad, and it's like, it's I would be hypocr- I would be hypocritical in my opinion of Undertaker coming into matches if I didn't feel the same way about Sting. And you know, I, I've gone on record, Sting and Undertaker, those are my favorites. But when it's time to go, it's time to go. It was time for Undertaker to go after Bray Wyatt. It's time for Sting to go. Right me out.
0: Yeah, I'm um, I'm right there with you. I know who is not time to go for, and that's the two guys in the main event of this show.
1: Oh, they can go for years.
0: Brian Danielson, Kazuchika Okada, two of the best wrestlers in the world, get 27 minutes and 40 seconds. The match ends with a submission that features Okada tapping out to Brian Danielson. I don't know how many times Okada has ever tapped out in his career. Twice. But the significance of Danielson being one of the guys to do it. Damien was already thought about as one of the best wrestlers in the world. And for, for non-WWE marks, it sort of solidified it to me. Correct. Uh, PJ, how'd you feel about this match? I mean, this this match was phenomenal. I'm not sure if it's if it was better than the Osprey-Omega match, but it was definitely up there for me.
1: I think that overall, it's hard to say. But I think overall, it was a better Story told in a match. Um, you told the story of two titans who were really trying. No title on the line. No BS. Just trying their best to be number one. And no, I'm right there with you. Um, I don't have a lot of things to say because it was it, it was just so well done. Now, what we did later find out is that Danielson um, had a um, injury. 10 minutes into the match, he broke his
0: forearm. Oh, wow. I was not now, aware of that. You
1: didn't know that. Okay, so he broke his forearm 10 minutes into the match and wrestled the next 20 with a broken forearm. And people are still crapping on this match, and it's just so funny. Um, I, the match was great. The tap out was unexpected. I yep. enjoyed yep. that. It didn't have to be false finish, false finish, rainmaker, knees. False, you know, it didn't have to be that. It, Brian got him in the submission. Okada had nowhere to go; he tapped out.
0: Yeah, it seemed anticlimactic at the time, and, but but, but it's it not. It worked. More
1: re- yeah, it was more realistic, in my opinion.
0: No, talk- I'm not right there with you.
1: You're talking about wanting to be um, wanting to be realistic with Darby Allen can't be a heavyweight, and Eddie Kingston can't lose some weight, but this was realistic right here, right? Yeah,
0: yep, I agree. I yeah. I, I loved it. If there's two matches that you need to go out and watch on this card, it's obviously Omega and Osprey, and Danielson Okada. These are definitely the two matches that you need to go out of your way to see. I would uh, watch.
1: I would watch the last three. I wouldn't skip the six man tag if it was me.
0: Well, fair enough. I was going to say the next match on the card that I would watch is the MJF to Tan- Tanahashi match. Uh, but I digress. PJ, we are going to take one more break. We are going to come back, and we are going to go back to our 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 new favorite segment, the curtain call. Yeah, we're going to count down our top 5 uh, best wrestling families of all time. So stay tuned. We'll be right back for the for the curtain call right here on Tapouts and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs, specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles. One-Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9-star rating or on Facebook by searching for One-Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one one One-Stop Repairs.
1: This is Derek Pauly, a.k.a. Volley Pauly, from the Pauly's Pickums Podcast, and you're listening to Tap Outs and Touchdowns.
0: All right, everybody, we are back, and we are here at the Curtain Call segment. That's right. Uh, it's fastly becoming um, at least one of my favorite segments because we actually get just to kind of talk about some of our, our, our favorite things in wrestling. And this week, we talked about a couple of matches being part of the Owen Hart Cup. They've actually also got Owen Hart on the new AEW video game, Fight Forever which I believe is the first wrestling video game Owen Hart has been featured on since the 1999 WWE Attitude video game available for PlayStation and, and Nintendo 64. I digress. Uh, since we talked about the Owen Hart, we're going to talk the Owen Hart Cup. We're going to talk the top five wrestling families of all time. So without further ado, PJ, let's hear your number five.
1: Hold on. Is this who we think is the best or is this, or is this our favorites?
0: Let's call it. Let's call it favorite five because I mean I think anybody can try to argue that manager number one because of, of what they did for wrestling. But give me your top five favorite wrestling team. That, that okay,
1: I, I, okay, I'm glad because I, I would argue that.
0: No. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, Either way, it's <laughs> objective.
1: Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, number five to me uh, is the Wyndhams with Blackjack Mulligan, Barry Wyndham, and Kendall Wyndham.
0: Yeah, not even uh, so. That's my number five as well, and even beyond that. <laughs> Uh it's so weird that we both had him at number five. Even beyond that, you know, Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas, who were slated to be a really, a really fun storyline before whatever happened to Bray Wyatt, uh where where you had Bo Dallas getting involved as as Uncle Howdy, and we, we don't know what's gonna come back from that, but uh but yeah, uh, uh IRS, otherwise known as uh as we oh you just said his name. Um why can't I say What can I say uh no no
1: no no that's that's the rotundas.
0: Rotunda's still part of the Wyndham family. He's still part of the family.
1: Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, nevertheless, uh, because it's the I believe he was maybe the son-in-law of Blackjack Mulligan. Either way, the the Bo White, Bray White, and Bo Dallas were the grandsons of of Blackjack Mulligan, and uh, their father was Mike Rotunda. So yeah, I think um,
1: I think think Barry was like his brother-in-law or something, and maybe Blackjack was the father-in-law. I think you are right. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, the the family includes again Barry or Kendall Wyndham, uh, Black Jack Mulligan, Mike Rotunda. Uh, like I said, IRS, but Allison Bray Wyatt, a, a fun a fun little wrestling family that goes beyond just the initial generation. Uh, PJ, or yeah, give me your number four.
1: Well, who was your number five? Oh, yeah, that's right, it was Wyndham. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: number
1: four. I didn't get a chance to rank them. I just wrote him down. That's the thing
0: yeah. I can think of. Um, I'll give you. my number four. My number four: the the Rhodes family. I mean, Dusty Rhodes became uh, one of the one of the most famous wrestlers in the seventies and eighties. Became a one of the biggest, you know, promoters and bookers of, of old school wrestling. You know, he helped develop a lot of the talent that, that are at the top of the wrestling world today. When he was a trainer and, and a and develop, you know talent developer in NXT. Uh, Goldust, I think is one of the most underrated that, that being Dustin Rhodes, one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. I don't believe he's ever held a world championship. Maybe he held an NWA title at one point. I don't remember him ever holding a world title and Cody Rhodes is an eventual world champion in WWE. Um, I love the Rhodes. I put
1: put the Rhodes a little bit higher, but my number four was the Guerreros With 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 Hector Guerrero, Mando, Chavo, Eddie, Chavo jr. And uh, well, I guess you want to if you want to count Vicky.
0: I wouldn't count Vicky. Excuse me, I would not count Vicky. Um, yeah. yeah, I put the Guerrero's at three for that very same reason. Uh, generations of wrestlers that uh, became you know big in Mexico. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, obviously one of the greatest of all time. For, if I'm not, if, if you know, maybe arguably top ten to top five wrestlers of all time. That uh, I actually saw an argument on 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 the internet one day that. Eddie Guerrero wouldn't be wouldn't have wouldn't be so well beloved and remembered as a great wrestler had he not passed away young. And I wanted to punch that dude in the face. Uh, what, does Eddie,
1: what does that mean?
0: Basically, means that the tragedy is the tragedy that befell uh, Eddie Guerrero is the reason why he is he is so well remembered and why people think so highly of him. Basically, it was it was some jerk on the internet's way of calling Eddie Guerrero overrated, and this is probably a guy with like four Twitter followers and. Um, you know, no real friends in real life. But nevertheless, I put the Guerrero's at number three uh, for the for the reason you put them at number four. Uh, PJ, who's your number three?
1: This was hard because it was between two families. But I have to go with my like. i have to go with my gut here, and uh, I'm going to go with the Funks because uh, I just I love Dory Funk Jr. and Terry Funk as a tag team, and of course their father uh, Dory Funk Sr. Um, the Funks were such a big part. Uh, the territory, uh, days especially Terry and Dory, um, that you you cannot, it's in my opinion, you can't not put them on a the top five. So, number three definitely goes to the funks,
0: yeah. So, I we've already given my number four, number three, PJ. Give me your number two.
1: My number two was uh, the Rhodes family.
0: No kidding, I'm surprised where you're gonna have this family. My number two. Goes to the Hart family, Stu Hart and the Hart family dungeon uh, essentially uh, goes generations. I mean, some of the the how many Hart brothers do they have? And obviously, the most notable being uh, Brett and Owen, uh, but they also had had guys like Jimmie Evan Eithart and and the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith marry into the Hart family. now uh, you've got uh, you know another generation in Natalia, who now is the uh, world record seven time world record holder now. And the Guinness Book of World Records for her, her accomplishments in WWE. Um, and a couple couple of the best wrestlers to ever ever lace up the boots were out of this family. And that's why I put the hearts at number two. PJ, we've gotten down to number one. And I believe, I, I've got a feeling we have to have the same number one. Who you got? The Von Eriks. That was not what I was expecting.
1: The Von Erichs, uh, you know... The, the reason I didn't put... The, I almost put hearts number one, but really the only... You know, you got great wrestlers. But you only got two stars. Three, really. Bulldog, Har- Brett, and, 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 and Owen. And Owen being your top star. He was the most talented. Um, maybe maybe I'm only saying that because he passed away, according to the to dude man on Twitter. But, um, like, the Von Ericks, though, every single one of those boys... And girls with Lacey Von Eric were so talented and so amazing, and it's just a terrible tragedy what happened with that family, uh, especially Carrie Von Eric. Man, I mean, anyway, Von Eric's to me number one wrestling family. I I I just love the story of them. I'm obsessed with reading more about them, um, and their time the territory days was was equally as important as, uh, or if not more important than the Funks.
0: And yeah, number one, Von eric Uh, my number one has to go to the Inouye family. I'm, I'm probably butchering that name, but it's, <laughs> I, didn't even, so I didn't even. Quite arguably, that. quite arguably, the most famous wrestling family today. Yep, uh, featuring yep. the likes of guys on TV like Roman Reigns, the Usos, Solo Sokoa, Tamina Snooka, Nia Jax is in this family. Now that's not saying much about Nia Jax. But you've got the wild Samoans, the head shrinkers, Yokozuna uh, Umaga, Yokozuna the log, yep. Umaga, uh, otherwise known as Jamal and Rosie. With with uh, I believe I can't remember. I can, I'm so mad that I can't remember his brother's first name. But Rosie was the older brother of Roman Reigns, who I think it's a it's a tragedy in and of itself.
1: Oh, is it, never uh, is it Man- Manu?
0: I'm Man- I'm not. It's going to drive me nuts. I will I will look it up um, right now while we are on while we're on the air. Yeah, the I,
1: I didn't even think about that actually. That's a really good idea. That's a really good one. I mean, it started with High Chief Peter Maivia, and then you went from there. But I yeah, his name
0: is Matthew that, Matthew Inouye. and if you if you again, I I'm not gonna be able to pronounce that pronounce that name. But if you look at the pictures of 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 him, there's a picture with him and Roman before he passed away, where he had gotten really big, uh, even bigger than he was when he was a wrestler. But they looked identical. And it's, again, it's sort of a tragedy with all the families that you got to see wrestle with each other. It's To me, it's a tragedy that you never got to see Rosie and Roman in the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So that's I've got to give it to the, uh, to the Samoan dynasty that is the Anoai family uh, of, of professional wrestling. Uh, PJ, this has been really fun getting back with you. I know our next show... We will be bringing the Money in the Bank 2023 review, um, but before we sign off, I just want to say thanks for coming back, and uh, and and I'm glad as always to have you. And this is this has been fun, despite yeah, your so... your your defense of one Eddie Kingston.
1: Well, you know, I, I only defend things that I think are talented. And that's why you'll never see me defending you. Uh, I can. I'm so excited to be back. I really, really am. And, um, you know, thank you always for having me. And thanks for being patient with me during this move. And it's, I've been looking forward to it. You know, our internet was got, got pushed back as most internet companies do. And, um, yeah, so I was really happy to be able to do it. So thank you very much, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to next week. We're going to talk money in the bank. There's a lot of great surprises that happened. And the event itself, I thought, was really fantastic. So we're going we're gonna to get into it.
0: Yeah, interestingly enough, summer of 2023 has had a lot of wrestling take place. And this is normally the downtime for professional wrestling. So a lot of fun stuff happening. But you'll have to wait for for us next week to talk about that. Thanks once again for joining us. We back for PJ Stevenson. It's your guy Bully Rod, for tap outs and touchdowns. We'll see you next week.